Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. For 90% of human history, we survived with an important adaptation to our societies. Hunting and gathering. The story begins with nomadic groups living in a prehistoric world, gaining wisdom from nature, chasing fire, discovering useful plant life, and building their societies with really cool ancient tools. Uh, Technologies have evolved alongside modern humans, and the world has been changed forever. We are, no doubt, living in a privileged time in history. But the instinct to hunt remains. And for us, it's bourbon. Welcome to another episode of our ongoing series, The Bourbon Library. I'm Ryan Bayless. Today's episode features our dad, Craig Bayless, our godfather, Tim Peterson, our brother, Devin Bayless, and of course, my cohort in all things food and booze, Alec. Every liquor store is different. You've got the wine-centric wood-paneled shops of the bourgeois, the fluorescent-lit neighborhood spots, big-box-style booze palaces, and every other kind of ma-and-pa store you can imagine. Part of the fun of bourbon is the chase. I don't mean the water you sip after the especially wild white dog taste, but the pursuit of a hard-to-find bottle. I found an amazing liquor store. It's, like, so unassuming, but they have so many bourbons. Uh, All right. So, So can you get bottles that we can't? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, we'll have to find out. The only thing is, like, there, there's certain things I couldn't, like, find that I, like, I didn't see Blattens, but my guess is they're hiding it. Yeah, and you gotta ask. Everyone has their first choice shop and their person. If you're a bourbon collector, you know what I mean. For me, there's this nondescript gold mine in Catskill, New York, called The Wine Cellar, and the owner is an OG, who hooked me up with Weller 12 Year the last time I was there. And, like, total bragging rights for days. But that's not what today's episode is about. Today, we're discussing 1792. Named after the year Kentucky became the 15th state in the Union, this bourbon is a total delight in all of its expressions. It's distilled by Barton 1972 Distillery, which is one of the oldest operating distilleries in Bardstown, Kentucky, the heart of the bourbon country. All right, so we're drinking 1792. Uh, I got the foolproof. Everybody else got a small batch? Is that what's mm-hmm. going on? Full, full proof. You got full proof too, Dad? Yeah. I, I knew you were right. I got both. Starting <laughs> starting with 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 Alec and I on the small batch, and then I guess I could step up and join you you guys. <laughs> so let's talk about the small batch for a second. What's the proof on that? Uh, it is 93.7 proof. So 1792 has a whole bunch of great expressions, including their small batch, their sweet wheat, their 12-year, the high rye, the single barrel, the full proof, the bottled and bond, and of course, one with a port finish. I need to admit something. The prompt for this episode was 1792 small batch. Heard it was great. Looking forward to drinking it. However, in previous episodes, my dad talks about liking high-proof booze, and the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree. So when I got to the store, I saw several of the expressions, including small batch, 
but I opted for Foolproof, which was not a mistake considering it is an award-winning bourbon, but that is to say we're all kind of having a different experience in this episode, nonetheless, an equally great time. The foolproof then is 125. Am I right about that? Right. Which you remember the significance of that, right? No. Mm-hmm. That that's the highest that they're supposed to be able to put it into a barrel, right? Oh. 125 proof. So that's like right. the, that's the ceiling for proof if you're drinking bourbon. Well, I've that, got- that's that's going into the barrel, right? right. But as time goes and water oh. evaporates, the proof goes up. Oh really? Yeah, right. Sure. You have to add water to cut it. Is there an is there an is there an average uh, growth for most bourbons as far as proof? Like I, I in the barrel? That's a that's a really good question, Ryan. I don't know the answer to that. It always feels good when my dad says that's a really good question and doesn't have an answer. I I don't I don't know why. Uh, the reality is uh, bourbons proof. Uh, at different levels inside the barrel for various reasons. So I think it's safe to say there isn't probably an average. Uh, but if you know the answer to that, please hit us up at hello at thebaylessbrothers.com. We'd love to pick your science mind. Uh, but, you know, there's so many factors. I mean, there's just so many factors. So every good bourbon is a bit of a mystery. You remember, they were the ones when we went to the distillery when we asked about the mash bill or whatever they were the ones who were like evasive saying well we can't tell you except it's bourbon so you know it has more than 51 percent corn yeah our, our rye is between 15 and 20 percent right you know right. no wheat right so right there's no wheat in that this no because remember yep. now this is where they make one of my favorite bargain bourbons the, the very old barton right and it's very funny because the very old barton mash bill we know the very old barton is 75 percent corn 15 percent uh, rye and 10 percent barley Holy so mom. you gotta figure right that the 1792 is got to be somewhere around there maybe a little higher right like 18 percent so do you guys make the assumption that they that they keep the same mash bill across the... I mean, I know Buffalo Trace has, what, four of them? Four mash bills? Three. Three? Three. That's insane. Rye, weeded, and uh, uh, a high rye and a low rye. Yep. Wow. But they have, like, 12 different lines of bourbon. Yeah. Uh, more than that, yeah. 13? Yeah, but, well, and keep, keep in mind that Barton Distillery is owned by the same company as Buffalo Trace. They're both oh, owned by oh. Sazerac? Okay, let's talk about the Sazerac Company for a second. They're one of America's largest spirit companies, owned by a billionaire, William Goldring. They have historically been HQ'd just outside of New Orleans, but in recent years set up shop in Kentucky, as they've grown to be one of the most important and deep-pocketed players of the bourbon game. Interestingly, both their Buffalo Trace Distillery and Barton provide free tours and tastings, but they're not technically part of the famed Bourbon Trail, due to a series of legal disputes with the Kentucky Distillers Association over patents and infringements regarding who owns and can use the actual name, the Bourbon Trail. Frankly, we see the trail as more of a spiritual path, open to all who dare to seek its wisdom. All right, back to the bourbon. Back to the bourbon. 1792, we all went to the Barton Distillery together, yes? Yes. Yep. Yes. What, was, yeah, what, what, not, what was that experience like? What'd you not say? in 1792. Not in 1792. In, tw- in 2019, we went. 
2019. Yes, sir. Before the coronavirus. Before the virus. Now, something that we that was controversial, but they had a Rickhouse collapse. That's correct. Yeah. 2018. What what happened there? How much did they lose? Uh, Don't remember the numbers, but it was it was a ton. Right. It was a bunch of barrels. And they also had some issues with contaminating the river. Right. Right. Nine thousand. Nine thousand barrels out of a 20,000 barrel rickhouse were involved in the collapse. How much they were able to salvage? Well, we don't entirely know. Some folks said that there was alcohol on top of the water and it was ablaze. The tour guide at the distillery was a little bit sort of mum is the word. And we get that. Alec has a different theory, however. I think she said she Rick's house. Pretty sure it was <laughs> Rick's <laughs> house burned down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, if Rick's, if Rick's wasn't sleeping with Brittany, then maybe his house wouldn't have burnt down. <laughs> she let us um, have some of the, uh, the, the, the the clear distillate, right? Yeah. I remember I was scared. Oh, you guys had it. Yeah, she said, like go ahead. You were, you were very timid. She goes, go ahead. You can taste it. And yeah. we did. But then she put that glass right back in. <laughs> she said, oh, don't worry. The alcohol kill all the germs, honey. I was like, you know what? Once I'm once I'm below Indiana in the South, I stop trusting your guys' science. <laughs> <laughs> okay, of course, you know, to our Kentucky friends whom we love, we're just kidding. Just enjoying a good laugh, having a bourbon, thinking about how badly we want to come back to your wonderful state and drink more bourbon. So let's get back to it. We're drinking 1792. What do we think of it? It's delicious. What's it smell like? Since we're drinking the foolproof, there's a little bit of sizzle, right? uh, Right. A little sizzle. spicy. Oh, it sizzles all the way through. The whole thing with foolproof is that they just don't proof it at all down when they take it out, right? Yeah, so it can be a big range. So it went in at its highest, and they're not going to proof it down when it comes out. My the one I'm drinking is actually a store pick, so it's a single barrel as well. Oh wow! Oh, oh come on! I should have went over there. Alec and Devin and I started. We have the the, the small batch, the the lower. You know, it's got a pleasant bourbon smell, the corny part of it. You know, on the nose. I always wait till mine gets really cold with the ice cube too. So that's one of my preferred. I like cold. I don't, bourbon, I think. And maybe I like, because it, it, it proofs down the alcohol a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. So, so there's maybe a little bit less bite. So you have a chance to taste other flavors, but I don't know. Every time. Yeah, there's definitely a sweet minutes. spot before it gets too watery. This is our weekly reminder that the best way to drink bourbon is the way you like it. I just got a whiff of the foolproof. The nose is a lot more candied, a lot more brown sugared. A lot more, more complex of the, 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 oh. It's delicious. As we mentioned, the full proof is 125 proof. It really does sizzle, and it is very, very good. So let's talk about proof for a second. Well, what else is kind of cool about that is the word proof, as used in bourbon, comes from regulations, right? Trying to make sure that bourbon was actually 50% alcohol. 
And so they would provide samples and test it, and it would be the proof that it was actually 100% uh, bourbon or 50% alcohol. So why why the number system then? Why wouldn't they just say this is proved 50%? Because it's 100% proof that it's the right stuff. I see. So they're basing it on like if it's 50% alcohol, that means that it's 100% the real thing. The, if the sample so is tests that like that 50%. Zero, is that like zero is freezing and centigrade and 32, but it's still zero, right? So zero is the... The baseline. You Again, right? We're talking about 150 years ago. So nowadays it's just double, double the alcohol amount is the proof. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. originally it was for regulations. So there, there's this thing that I read a long time ago, so I had to Google it to remember. So there's like an, an old tale about uh, in the 16th century England, traders would drench a pellet of gunpowder and liquor to, to determine the spirit's potency. If it was still possible to ignite the wet gunpowder, the alcohol content of the liquor was rated above proof and it was taxed at a higher rate. Something we love about bourbon is this combination of science, history, and art, with, of course, a dash of magic. The stories around bourbon no doubt impart themselves into the actual tasting experience. And that tasting experience becomes its own personal story. And a bourbon's mystique continues to grow on and on, generation to generation. So, Barton, what else do they do other than 1792, or is that is that it? Oh, it's very old, old Barton. That's yeah, it? No, no, it's something else. It's very funny that you ask, it, uh, because my grandfather used to give, give away at Christmas time. My father and I were having this conversation just the other day. Um, Kentucky Tavern bourbon, and that is made by Barton. Distilled. And that's still made? It's something that they still distill. It is still made, but Sazerac, of course, now, right? Right. right. But it is still made. It, it is a very inexpensive. What's it called? But back, back then, Kentucky Tavern. Kentucky Tavern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's it called? That's fine, Tim, but what's it called? <laughs> no, but what's, what's I it don't called? know. I don't know. But it's, it's, I've never uh, seen I, I, I wish Kentucky Tavern had a name so I could find it. I know, right? Right. So that's what the label I've never, I've right. never so seen it. It's that. funny. My father and I were having that conversation. And so I looked it up and they make it. And it's like a, I don't know, a $15, $10, $9 bottle of, of bourbon. I think that it's probably very hot, you know, very. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for it because I want to drink it just to know the taste that your grandfather was trying to give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kentucky Tavern. So it turns out Kentucky Tavern was bought by Sazerac or rather acquired by Sazerac in 1992, uh, originally part of the Monarch or our Monarch distillery, which went bankrupt in the 1800s. And the word on the street is it looks and tastes and I suppose smells like one other Barton Distillery bourbon, the Kentucky Gentleman. So and now, Ryan, would you would you get the, the bottle and bond, the full proof and the small batch to have the three of them in your library? You know, it's a good question. I, I, I haven't gotten totally... Uh, 
OCD, for lack of better words, about the the volumes. But I yeah. might start because I, now that I'm like, I'm starting to put it together in that way. And right. I haven't before. Before it was just like, well, there's Blatt and there's this, there's this. There, I didn't think of it in like, uh, like lineups of, of stuff. I mean, I think, you know, of course, I mean, happy, you know, 10 year or 15 year or whatever. But um, yeah, I might. I actually might. I think it'd be very interesting to do. So in the hunter's pursuit, we go from chasing to gathering, you know taking stock of what we have. The casual sipper may not always become a collector, and the way the collector organizes their bottles may have nothing to do with who makes them or where they're made, but rather what suits their tastes and fancies. That's the fun part of this adventure. We're curating opportunities to create beautiful new memories, build surprising narratives, and spend much-needed time soaking in the brevity of our shared experiences together. You always used to joke in, in high school, like, not that I drank in high school, but we used to joke that if you could drink 100 proof is 100% proof you're a man. Try it. See if you can take a shot of it. And then you like got you like I'm 100% man. I'm not sure it's all it's all what it was supposed to be. I, no, I'm 100 100% man. And now I got to go puke. With each sip of 1792. We were reminded to be good stewards of history and deep admirers of science and prepared for this art form to change us and surprise us in ways we never knew possible. We have this amazing opportunity to learn more about the human experience, to dive deeper into ourselves and to those we love. Nah, I don't know. Maybe it's just the foolproof talking. All right, guys. Well, listen, I love you. This is so fun. I look forward to it every week. Next week, same time. Let's just do it, all right? All right. Okay. To drink is to live. To drink is to live. To drink is to live. Love you guys. To drink is to live. This has been another installment of The Bourbon Library. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.